Uh, my sweet mate, Jack O'Malley. Yeah. Once I thought I really liked this girl, um, but when people asked me what I liked about her, the only thing I could think of was that she sits next to me in class. So I mentioned this to my friend. And he said, oh, that's just because it's cupping season. I was like, what is that? What is, what is cupping season? He said, you know, it's cold, so people get together with people they don't really like, so they don't have to be alone. And I was like, this sounds, this sounds true. What do they call it that? Well, you know, once you're handcuffed to someone, it's not ideal because you're stuck with them, but it's also kind of hot. On this episode of Undergraduate Admissions, oh, it's your boy, John O'Malley schools us, we've been waiting to say that this whole time, on cupping season at Yale. We'll meet the three people who didn't refuse to talk to me, and I'm not saying that there's a lot of sex in this episode, but it definitely seems like everyone is getting a lot more action than I am. And if you like questions, then you're in luck because we have some of those too. What is cupping season? Seriously, this is the main one. What is cuffing season? What does it have to do with Yale? And if everybody's hooking up, why isn't anybody hooking up with me? This is episode 8, Tis the Cuffing Season. Oh, but like, do you want me to say like, hi, this is Libby Dimenstein. I am a senior in Morse College, majoring in ethics, politics, and economics. Um, I am currently finished. What? I said you don't have to do the script. But I, but I don't know like what you're trying, what I'm supposed to be saying. Like, I mean, I don't think, I don't have like a particularly good cuffing story, so I don't think I would be the centerpiece of the episode. This episode isn't a question of whether or not cuffing season exists. It probably exists for at least three people. And one thing that I've learned as an English major here is how to take actual experiences and turn them into abstract or theoretical points that support whatever I already believe. So for each of the three stories we hear, we'll extract three lessons to put together a theory of cuffing season. And to help us do this, I put together like kind of a mixtape just to put the stories in context. Consider it my personal opinion on what constitutes a cuff. So when you hear this noise, that means the music's coming. When you return from October break, it's dark by the time you finish class, and so cold that Canada Goose Jackets are migrating out of people's closets. Astronomers confirm that the last day of the fall term is the winter solstice, and you're not getting any less lonely anytime soon. But a cute girl lives upstairs and hangs out in your common room, and although you never thought of her as anything more than a friend, you can't help but find her more attractive for every five degrees colder it gets. The biggest winter storm in years is set to impact with a plethora of strong, high-impact weather events over the next 24 to 36 hours. We need to batten down and buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. Mary Thank Alice? Thank you, John. You're welcome. I guess I got together with my ex-boyfriend in the winter, but I don't know if I would consider that a cuff. Is that a cuff? We 
first hooked up in sometime in November, and I only knew him because he lived above me. We weren't dating, but I spent a lot of time in his suite hanging out with him and his suite mate. Also, we definitely, while well, we were making out on my couch one night, we definitely got walked in on three times. So it was, I think it was hinted at. I mean, when I came back uh, after winter break, I took the bold step that I'm still proud of, of saying that I kind of wanted this to be a relationship or not. And he turned me down, which sucked, but I was still really proud of myself. So I guess that was being cuffed. Although I maintain that I didn't do it for the warmth. Lesson one, when it's cold, people are warmer than blankets. When it's warm, no one wants to stay inside with you anymore. Libby, you shouldn't have said anything. One night, your roommate sexiles you with his long-distance girlfriend, who's visiting for the third weekend in a row. It's too cold to walk to your friend's apartment, so instead, you wander upstairs to her room. You want to sleep over, but because you're a smooth operator, you add, on the couch. But she laughs and kisses you. By the time winter break rolls around, you spend so much time with her that you're not sure what to call you around. Uh, well, you settle on study buddy. <laughs> I think there's probably a deal of narrativization going on when I'm talking about it now because I have cuffing, like as this framework, right? I can't remember a time that I actually thought, oh, cuffing, like that's that's what this is. But I don't know. It's hard because I, I think the, like, Yale is an extreme environment in which there are either it seems as if there are like some people who are in very committed relationships and then everyone else is just like hooking up or like in weird ambiguous things and there's not a lot of like dating that seems to be happening but it's hard because like all perception I have no I have no sense if you like send out a survey to the host school like what people would say your gesture would you like to see what I found in the survey absolutely I did send out a survey that's how we got cuff number two how many people fill out your survey? I got 200 responses, okay? Okay. All right, relax. Cool. Cuff number two is Julia. Julia's story is pretty much exactly the same as Libby's. She started hooking up with a close friend after October break for reasons that she cannot explain, but we will explain them whether she likes it or not. But the most important thing that you need to know about Julia. Yeah, my name is Julia Carnes. I'm in Pearson College. I major in American Studies. My Tinder bio is just a link to a song I wrote that's on SoundCloud called Generic Tinder Boy. Is that her voice is insane? I wanted to kiss a boy and he seemed like a likely candidate. And then, like, listen, I sound like a horrible person, but I, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, yeah, sure, like, why not? Like, let's see what happens. Hello, Mike or Bill or Dave, what's your story, your real age? Let me guess, you like adventure. Oh, this will be sad. Okay, Bill or Dave or Mike, you don't look like you would bite, though you could, cause you're not missing any. It, it wasn't much longer after that. You're alright, Dave, Mike, or Bill. Although you don't really thrill me, and your fish picks making me flounder. Oh, God, he likes puns. I texted him, and I come say hi, and by 
and say hi I mean kiss you and he said how about we go on a walk instead and it was like oh no <laughs> like here we go what's up Ben or Chad or John something about you feels wrong maybe it's all of your bathroom mirror yeah, selfie this might be odd, Chad, John, or Ben, but on a scale from one to ten, what are the odds you're gonna kill me? I don't think we should do this anymore. Okay, John, or Ben, or Chad, so you've got the bot of a dad. At least you're not adding shirtless gym selfies to your pics from the bathroom. And I was like, great, that's great, because honestly, it's been giving me a lot of anxiety because it's this ambiguous thing and I don't really know what's happening. Oh shit, I messed up the time somewhere. Sorry guys, I shouldn't complain. I'm on Tinder in the first place But what am I supposed to do? Go to bars That sounds scary and hard We wanted to walk Then drunk me hooks up with him Hey there Steve or Tom or Jack You like kids, I'm down for that Though I'm not looking to date a single dad I think that night I might have just come over. No offense, Jack, Steve, or Tom, but I'm only 21, and I'm only here to have a little fun. And he was just there. However, Tom, or Jack, or Steve, if you happen to impress me, maybe we could get married, hypothetically. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, can we just lay here? Like, I, I think I felt like I shouldn't be there, that I was in some way, like, disrespecting the relate like whatever it was or like him for being there drunk and like I don't want to have lost that initial like friendship but right now it's definitely a weak bond because I don't know what there is to say like am I apologizing I don't really know I don't really know what the conversation there would be lesson two climate change once you point out climate change it's already too late to do anything and it just aggravates people and they won't talk to you anymore. I don't know why I thought this would be funny. Climate change is only funny until it's real. But I do have to say, you can't go on walks when it's cold outside. You return to a campus covered in a blanket of snow. Term derived from undergraduates' habit of spending snowstorms under each other's blankets. Which you do, and it's great, but a lot of this time is spent studying for a very unsexy class called Issues Approach to Biology, when you would really rather be taking a hands on approach to biology. So when people ask what you've been up to, you answer honestly that you don't know. Okay, so we were never, like, dating. That's the issue. But also that's, like, a Yale thing, I think, is that I would never say on tape or in real life that I was dating this person because I don't think that we were. You know the drill. This is cuff three of three. Sarah. We hooked up in October, the beginning of October. But yeah, and then we just, like, were kind of hooking up for a while. Yeah. How did it end? We went back to school. 
I texted him and he was like, do you want to come over for tea? And then I went over for tea and then he was like, I don't want to keep being casual, but I also don't want to be more serious. And then I left. A puzzle. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a puzzle. Um, yeah. And then now we're just like friends. So now you're just friends. Yeah. And you're going to Trader Joe's at 11 o'clock. Yep. Do you think if it had been cold, you would still be together? Well, it snowed after that. That was a tough couple days. That was a tough couple days. But it's fine. I've moved on. The third lesson comes from snow. You could shovel it, but you might also think, I don't want to shovel, but I also don't want there to be snow on the ground. And if you ignore it long enough, it'll melt. As it gets warmer, you start spending less time with her and more time pre-gaming guest lectures with your friends. You pick up a Yale habit of ignoring texts and emails by not even opening them, and you actually drop Issues Approach to Biology altogether, although that's mostly just because it's a shit class. Yeah, by March you haven't seen her in a couple weeks, although you swear it's not because you're trying to avoid her. And even though you feel sad when you think about her, you're not too worried about it because you're easily distracted by sunlight. And if nothing else, you can pretend everything is fine and ride the wave of midterms into spring break. I agree that cuffing season exists in a very particular way on a college campus. And I'm leaving college campus next year. So I'm not too anxious about this particular phenomenon following me. I think there's going to be a lot more uncuffedness and loneliness in general, which is fine. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're all just so, like, hooked up to our primal, instinctual selves at this age, which I think is kind of immaturity, that we can be so influenced by external forces like the weather. Like, we're not... We're not grown up enough to make our own. I don't know. I don't know. I'm losing steam on this interview. I've actually noticed something pretty different. Good morning and welcome back to the second hour. My name's David Inge. Glad to have you with us. Well, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so we thought it wouldn't be such a bad time to talk a little bit about love, what it is, why it is that human beings bond with one another. And as we talk, of course, questions are welcome. After talking to everyone, I felt pretty good about my theory. And again, the theory is... Um, the cuffing season is uh, the winter from October to March. And in the winter, it's like, um, well, this was the problem. I knew it was real and I knew what it was, but I still couldn't say exactly what I meant by cuffing season. I figured the next thing I should do was to try and figure out exactly how real it was. And that's how I met Stephanie. My name is Stephanie. S-I-O-W-C-L. Um, I'm a senior at Yale. 
I start putting together the spreadsheet of the friends that I observed in my community, which is a religious community. This was predicated on a number of variables, including whether or not we were of the same race, whether or not in a long distance relationship or LDR was involved, whether or not one or more parties were international students, um, and whether which year we were in. In particular, I wanted to find out what the stabilizing number of months was before a couple would basically be getting married. So just to be clear, she made a Microsoft Excel document with the names of her friends, these five variables, when they started dating and when they broke up in order to figure out if they were going to get married. And I was like, this is sick in the best way because the only variable she left out is the weather. The more I thought about the fact that it was a Microsoft Excel document with people's names and their relationship statuses that she gave out to a stranger, did I realize that I probably mostly liked it because the first thing I've seen that is just as weird as what I'm doing. But anyway, if the coughing season theory has anything to recommend it at this point, we should see a bunch of relationships starting between October break and spring break in March. So I asked, how many relationships started between October and March? Um, none started, and... Shit. I'm not sure about the cold-slash-warm dynamic. When it gets cold, people get depressed at Yale, and I don't feel like that's the most conducive. Wait, let me get on my high horse. Everything here is supposed to be perfect. Everybody can sing, and everybody smells nice. So when people start having low-staked nightmares, where the only thing that happens is they go about their regular routine, it's like, what is that? Why is this happening to me? Is it because I haven't slept all week? We are all depressed. Talking about experiences in therapy is one of my go-to topics at parties. So when people feel strongly about one another, I can never tell if it's because they want to kill them or if it's because they want to sleep with them. When it gets dark at 5 p.m. and it's snowing, that must explain why I don't want to be alone, but I certainly don't want to meet new people, and I'm not trying to leave my house. That's the essence of cuffing season. It's a metaphor. What do you mean? Define cuff. Okay, hit it. During spring break, you're sitting on the beach in like Cancun or something, thinking about what a weird thing that was that happened this semester. When all of a sudden, everything becomes clear. I'm in love. I hear it's not a go. I mean you. You want to be with her. You're going to stop being such a flake, at least when it comes to her, but probably not when it comes to other people. But then, on the day that break ends, which also happens to be all of our birthdays, you're on the Metro North train back to New Haven, feeling good and feeling in love, when you get a text from her. This one you do open. Hey. I had a really fun time these last couple months, but I don't think we should hook up anymore. Also, please don't tell anyone about our thing. It wasn't a big deal. 
it was just coughing season. Is this all a very complicated way of dealing with that breakup, Jack? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You want to go somewhere to talk about this? Do you ever go through four years of college and look back and think, like, why am I the way that I am? I mean, it's, it's kind of odd. It's like we're here to rack up accomplishments or develop ourselves intellectually or develop ourselves somehow but to actually be good at relationships it takes a lot of work and it's in some capacity a skill that you yeah you have to like deliberately take on which which leaves me like with something of a question where like if, if you push people on this a lot of times they'll say oh i don't want to you know i don't want to have like a serious relationship right now i want to like do that later or something like that like, that's not what this time is for, blah, 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 right? You kind of know what I mean, right? But the, the question I'm left with is like, well, how are you going to know how to do that later as an adult? You will not just suddenly wake up and know how to communicate your emotions to other human beings, like, just by virtue of you having turned 25. So what are we really doing here? Like, what genre is this? This is a rom-com. I'm going to take responsibility for all my mistakes so I can graduate with a clean conscience. Or am I going to call up everyone I've ever made out with? You know, it's a longer list than you would think. You know, not that much longer, but... I just don't know what the right thing to say is. You could end with, with real love. Yeah, but where would I find something like that? Well, that was what was gonna happen. I mean, he rejected me. And then we had like a day apart. So at that point, the cuff, the cuff broke down. I would say, actually, I would say that, it, under that definition, I would say, yeah, at that point, we had kind of been cuffing and then the cuff broke down. And then the next day he said he changed his mind. And then we dated for like two and three quarters years. Less than last, Libby was the only one who said anything. You can plan for the winter, but only if you acknowledge it's coming. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up yeah, I don't know if I have anything in response. I mean, I think that's a fair, I think it's a fair thing, except I don't know why. I feel like often the person's like, oh, we can still be friends. I don't know. I would be someone who would tend to say, I mean, unless, if it were just a cuffing relationship, I would probably be happy remaining friends with the person. If it were like a serious relationship and you're broke, I mean, I wouldn't say when you end a cuff, you're considered broken up. Like, I don't think that's the proper terminology. You, you, I mean, there needs to be a better term than uncuff you. Yeah. <laughs> Break loose. <laughs>
<laughs> shatter the bond. Uh, what if they're like, like kinky handcuffs? <laughs> Are they furry handcuffs? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, those you would you wouldn't want to break them. You'd be like unlocking the handcuffs. You unlock some cuffs. It sounds like you've discovered something. Special thanks to Mark Oppenheimer, Brian Paws, and Phoebe Petrovich for their help in making this project. To hear more episodes, check us out on SoundCloud, or you can email us at uathepodcast.com. Additional thanks to the Isley Brothers, Eugene Cam, Gabel, Blank, and Kurt, and Julia Carnes for the music, as well as Litterlick, Kaiser Patrick, Sophie3535, Corsica S, the good folks at Focus 5180, and NGTV for all the sounds that you heard. All right, let's hear some shout-outs. Paul Buckley, our very first listener. All the girls who inspired this episode. Infinity Montero, 